slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So much to talk about. Rough game for the Islanders last night at the Coliseum. A 2-1 to defeat at the hands of the last place New Jersey Devils. We will break down that game and analyze why the Islanders fell short. We also will preview this weekend's action as the Islanders head to Toronto to take on John Tavares and the Maple Leafs. And, of course, we'll have this date in Islanders history, looking back at a big game for Mark Parrish on this date in Islanders history. So lots to talk about on today's show. Again, if you want to join the podcast, have a question, a comment, or a subject you'd like us to talk about, just shoot us an email. The email address, as always, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Just leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to mention you on the air and talk about whatever you're interested in or answer your question or, or just uh, discuss the topic of your choice. So easy to do that. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you can follow me on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. Also, please, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and a comment or two on your podcatcher of choice. It helps other people find the podcast, and it's always great to grow the Locked On Islanders family. All right, let's get started with tonight's game Bad news for the Islanders before the game even started. Adam Pellick missing in action. Lower body injury. This is the first game of the year that Pellick did not play in. So Noah Dobson moves up into the lineup in this game. Uh, And that's uh, a little switch right there as uh, Ryan Pulak moves from the right side to the left side. Dobson stays on the right defense in this game. So uh, we'll find out more about Pellick's condition tomorrow. The Islanders are expected to update it. So Pellick sat out, as did Michael Dalcole, who has been a scratch in most of the team's recent games. The goaltenders tonight, as expected, Simeon Varlamov for the Islanders. Mackenzie Blackwood in between the pipes for the Devils, and, you know, the Coliseum hasn't been an easy place for the Islanders to play recently, they they just aren't winning so many games there, and you see things early on, Islanders, you know, in the first period, had their chances, and uh, basically Kunakel set up Anders Lee for a good chance, he got down low near the crease, but 
Blackwood made the save, and that was the first quality scoring chance of the game for the Islanders. Islanders got the first power play of the game when Miles Wood headed off for high sticking. At 5.34, he hit Matthew Barzal with his stick, and as a result, the Islanders' power play takes to the ice, but really doesn't get a lot of that uh, doesn't get a lot of quality scoring chances. Now the Devils got the next power play opportunity as Devon Tays was off for interference at 9:22, but as a result, you know the the Devils had good puck movement, but again Varlamov coming up big. You, you got to have the goalie be your best penalty killer. And in this case, Varlamov was the best chance, basically, uh, on this PK. Uh, belonged to Will Butcher. But again, the save by Varlamov on a shot from the right circle. Good PK for the Islanders. And again, we remain scoreless. Anders Lee had another good chance from in close. And that helped draw a penalty later on in the first period. Damon Severson heads off at 15:32 for slashing Lee when he had that chance. But again, the Islanders had good puck movement with the extra attacker, but they weren't able to get any serious scoring chances. So at the end of the first period, we are scoreless. Islanders out shooting the Devils 11 to nine, and and you kind of think, okay, things are going all right. You know, not a terrible period at all, but. At the end of the day, uh, scoreless after 20 minutes. In the second period, uh, looked like the Islanders had taken a lead, uh, but just 39 seconds into the period. But at the end of the day, that goal overturned for goaltender interference. Kamarov was the goal scorer, but they ruled that he you know, that there was interference, and as a result, the goal waved off, and the Islanders' early lead disintegrates, but the Islanders keep on coming, and keep on trying. Now, right before the goal, a little tussle, Anthony Bovillier called for slashing Sammy Vatten in unsportsmanlike conduct uh, on that, so it's four-on-four hockey, and at that point, Brock Nelson, with the extra room, manages to skate through the neutral zone and score his 15th goal of the season. Pulak and Brassard with the helpers. Time of the goal, 7.33. And it's one nothing Islanders. Islanders tried to add to that lead just a few minutes later as Barzal had a really good rush. Drop pass goes to Dobson. Dobson finds Lee, and Lee has yet another third, third really good scoring opportunity already for Anders Lee, but uh, Blackwood again comes up big and uh, makes a save, or it hit the post. It was kind of tough to tell uh, until the replay. Now, things look good for the Islanders until late in that second period with a minute and 27 seconds left. A blast by Subban from the right point beats Varlamov 
Meek Nikita Gusev and Travis Zajac with the helpers. And after 40 minutes, the game all even at one apiece. After two periods, Devils now out shooting the Islanders 22 to 20. And it just looked like the Devils, as the period went on, became stronger and stronger, and the Islanders were kind of fading. Well, that continued into the third period. In fact, quite honestly, the third period wasn't a good one for the Islanders. We will discuss the third period and break down all of the rest of this game in just a minute. We also have this Dayton Islanders history, and we have a preview of the game against Toronto tomorrow in Toronto. Lots more to get to right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, the third period gets underway, and right away the Islanders fall behind just a minute nine into the final stanza. Nico Highshire, his ninth right off the faceoff, beats Varlamov. Can't say it was a, a, a bad goal. Went in off Varlamov's right skate, and all of a sudden the Islanders are down two to one. Now, here's the problem. You would think that this situation would energize the Islanders. Hey, we're at home. This is a, the last place team in our division. We should be able to find a way to win this hockey game. But the Islanders really played a flat third period. And yeah, they had a couple of scoring chances off from the right point about eight and a half minutes into the third period. But Blackwood made the save, then stopped Beauvillier on the rebound but at the end of the day, uh, Islanders just overall kind of flat. And then a bad penalty taken in the third period. Matt Martin off for tripping Sammy Vatnin at 9.32. That costs, uh, that costs two minutes to the Islanders where they really couldn't get that tying goal, you know, unless they could somehow put off a, a shorthanded Devils on the power play hit the post once or twice and had a couple of other chances, but Varlamov kept them in the hockey. Islanders could not get that equalizer, and Leo Komarov had some chances, and he seemed to pass the puck, and that was a big problem for the Islanders that, you know, when you get that scoring chance, when you have a chance to tie the game, you have to take it. They pull Varlamov with 2.11 left in regulation, but nobody able to, you know, Devils couldn't get the empty net goal. Islanders could not get the equalizer. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, Islanders fall 2-1. to one to the New Jersey Devils in a game they really should have won. Final shots on goal, 30 shots for the Islanders against 31 for the Devils. But the third period just wasn't a solid period for this team. And that was very frustrating. You you expect them to be hungrier, to be more aggressive in the third period, and they just weren't. And that is one of the main reasons that they end up falling in a game they really, on paper, should have won. Islanders did well in the face-off circle. Matthew Barzal wins 5 out of 7. 
Brock Nelson, 12 out of 9. Josh Bailey, 6 out of 10. But overall, they do not get the job done. In hits, Ross Johnston and Matt Martin led the way. Each of them had 5. Block shots, Nick Letty had 5. Ice time, Devon Taze with 23 minutes, 24 seconds to lead all players. Matthew Barzal not far behind with 23 minutes, 11 seconds to lead all forwards. And as for shots on goal, uh, four apiece for Barzal and Nelson. Lee credited with three, although he had a lot of scoring chances. And Taze also with four shots on goal for the Islanders. You look at the shot uh, chart, and again, Islanders had their chances uh, down low, but Blackwood do- does an excellent job of keeping them off the scoreboard. And uh, defensively, again, the Islanders given up a few too many quality chances to the New Jersey Devils. You look at the standings now, Islanders and Pittsburgh Penguins tied with 53 points in the race for second place in the Metropolitan, but the Islanders still technically in second place as they still have a game in hand on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And here's the other thing. Uh, The Islanders, in two more games, will reach, believe it or not, the halfway mark of the 2019-2020 season. And uh, hard to believe this season is going by this quickly. This was the third straight sellout for the Islanders uh, as far as their games at home, and that is certainly a positive. Uh, Nelson basically uh, scoring for the second straight game. Scott Mayfield reaching a milestone in this one, his 200th NHL game, and that is certainly uh, a positive. But the Islanders struggling. Uh at home recently, or at least at the Nassau Coliseum, and that is something they certainly do need to turn around. Uh, Not a lot of time, when you think about it, uh, with the standings being so close. Pittsburgh, as I said, even in points. Carolina, three points back. Philadelphia, four points back uh, in that race, and so uh, in the Metropolitan Division, so the Islanders really need to get things straightened out and just the lack of consistency and in in this particular game the lack of hunger now be interesting to see which goaltender starts on Saturday in Toronto Uh, I get the feeling after a couple of straight games they may go back to Thomas Grice Varlamov having gotten the last few starts but you know we'll see Uh, if they stay with Varlamov that really shows that he is indeed the number one goalie if they go with Grice there is still sort of a some kind of a rotation Uh, no back-to-back games this weekend just the Saturday game as far as the schedule is concerned rotation and uh, we will keep an eye on that Uh, I would tend to think Grice will get the call but we shall see what Trotz decides to do All right, we've got more to get to on today's show. We'll be back with this date in Islanders history, including a big game for Mark Parrish, and we will preview Saturday's showdown in Toronto against John Tavares and the Maple Leafs. All this and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. 
Okay, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to January 3rd, 2003 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Islanders and Bruins. Islanders get on the board quickly. Jason Blake, just a minute 22 into the game, makes it 1-0 Islanders with his 10th goal of the season. And then a minute 33 later, Mark Parrish scores his 14th from Michael Pekka. And the Islanders are up by two goals. A fight breaks out midway through the period. Eric Goddard drops the gloves with P.J. Stock. They each get five minutes for fighting. And that does change the momentum of the game. As a minute one second after the fight, Glenn Murray gets the Bruins on the board. Beats, uh, <clears throat> manages to score his 19th from Joe Thornton. And it's a 2-1 to one hockey game. But Thornton is called for hooking at 12.08, and the Islanders cash in on the power play. Parrish makes it 3-1 Islanders with his 15th goal of the year. Alexi Yashin and Matthias Weinhandel are the helpers on this one, and the Islanders have a 3-1 lead. But the Bruins don't quit. Joseph Stumpel scores his 8th from Ivan Hummel and Nick Boynton at 16:49 to make it 3-2, and then the Islanders get a big goal in the closing minute of the first period. Dave Scatcherd, his tenth from Roman Hammerlick, and after 20 minutes, the Islanders led 4-2. Islanders expand on their lead in the second period. Alexi Yashin a power play goal from Parrish and Weenhandel, and then. Wienhandel scores his third of the year from Yashin and Radek Martinek, and suddenly it's a 6-2 Islanders lead. Glenn Murray keeps the Bruins alive with his 20th of the year from Thornton's, and the Islanders have a 7-3 lead. Jason Blake scores a shorthanded goal early in the third period, his 11th from Roman Hammerlick, and then... Michael Grosick of Boston closes out the scoring. His second from P.J. Stock and Nick Boynton. Islanders go on to win this game 8-4 at the Coliseum. And they score eight goals off John Graham. Chris Osgood, 39 saves for the Islanders, who gave up 43 shots. So Osgood really comes through with a big performance. And a lot of offense for the Islanders. The hat trick plus an assist for Parrish. And then Wienhandel with a goal and two assists. Yashin with a goal and two assists. Blake with two goals. And Hammerlick with a pair of assists, as did Michael Pekka. So lots of production from the Islanders in this game. Parrish scoring his three goals on five shots. And the Islanders come away with an 8-4 win on this date in Islanders history, January 3rd, 2003. All right, let's discuss the Islanders game coming up tomorrow in Toronto against John Tavares and the Maple Leafs. A big game to say the least. And the Islanders need to get back on track Here's the thing about the Maple Leafs. They happen to be the number one offensive team in hockey right now. They lead the league in goals scored. And they are playing some good hockey as late. They have 
gotten themselves into second place in the Atlantic Division and are coming off a victory over the Winnipeg Jets last night. So things looking up for the Leafs in recent weeks, and they're playing better hockey. They've gone through their inconsistent patches, but right now, Toronto solidly in second place. They beat Winnipeg 6-3 to on the road yesterday and have now won, <clears throat> excuse me, four of their last five games. Uh, their only loss, a 5-4 defeat against the Rangers back on December 28th. But before that, wins at home against Carolina, win at New Jersey, win at Minnesota, and then last night winning in Winnipeg. So Toronto getting things done, uh, especially offensively. Again, first in the league in goals scored, but 20th in goals against. The power play, which has struggled, is now clicking. They are fifth in the league with a 24.1% success rate. And the Islanders certainly need to uh, be wary and make sure they kill those penalties. But the flip side of that, the... Toronto PK is struggling. They are 26th in the league with a 75.8% success rate. So the Islanders should be able to get something going with the extra attacker if they play their cards right. Now, look, things don't always uh, break the way they should statistically, but this is a situation where the Islanders should be able to take advantage with the extra attacker. Frederick Anderson is the top goalie for Toronto, and he gets the bulk of the work. He has started 32 of the 42 games they have played, 28-4 on the season, a 2-6-6 goals against average, a 9-15 save percentage, and one shutout. The backup, Michael Hutchinson, in eight starts, 2-5-1, a 4-0-3 goals against average, and an 8-83 save percentage. And uh, I guess that's one of the big reasons why uh, they stick with Anderson most of the time. Red-hot player right now, Austin Matthews, six goals in his last five games and 10 points in his last five games. Mitchell Marner is... Also red hot, seven assists in his last five contests. And Matthews, 27 goals to lead Toronto and 48 points. He's also a plus 15. 14 of his 48 points have come on the power play. Mitchell Marner, 37 points. William Nylander and John Tavares next in goals. Nylander, 17 goals and 35 points. Tavares, 16 goals and 35 points. Although JT has played in seven fewer games uh, due to the uh, broken finger that he suffered earlier in the season. Morgan Riley, uh, 25 points, certainly uh, helping to lead the way uh, from the blue line. Matthews also very solid in the faceoff circle, as is Tavares, and Tavares has 11 power play points as well. You break down the line combinations. Austin Matthews centers Zach Hyman and Mitch Marner in the top three. The second trio, Tavares as the center. Alexander Kerfoot and William Nylander are his wings. Jason Spezza, 
is the third line center, showing you how much scoring depth this Toronto team has with Pierre Engvall and Kasperi Kapanen on his flanks. And then Adam Brooks is the fourth line center with Mason Marchmont and Frederick Gauthier as his wings. The defensive pairings, Morgan Riley and Tyson Barry are the top twosome. Martin Marinson and Justin Hole are the second pairing. And then Travis Dermott and Cody Cece are the third group. On the power play, Tavares moves up to the left wing with Nylander and Marner, and Matthews drops back to the point, so they get extra juice that way. There are some injured players right now on Toronto. They're without Andreas Johansson, Trevor Moore, Ilya Mikheyev, and Jake Muzzin, so they are missing some key players, but the Islanders, here's the key for them. They have to slow down this potent Toronto attack, and if they don't, they are in for a long night. Of course, this game will be on Hockey Night in Canada, so if you're north of the border, you can view it there, but uh, obviously, locally, it'll be on uh, MSG Plus for Islander fans to watch. All right, hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. We will be back on Monday with our next Locked On Islanders podcast, and that will include a full analysis of Saturday's game in Toronto and the latest injury news. So make sure you stay with us. Follow us on Twitter. We'll keep you updated on all things Islanders. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Great to be with you, and great to be a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.